right, well, here we go. Good morning once again. If I happen to miss you earlier, my name is Wayne. I'm the pastor here at Downtown Community, and we are continuing our series called Ask It. And this series is about a single question that will clarify your best option for hopefully around 90% of the decisions that you and I, we make in life. And, and we continually are bombarded with many decisions. You know, do we add something to our calendar? We take on a responsibility or then it comes into bigger ones. Do I need to move? Do I take a new job or about a relationship to start or end? And all these different things that come into our life. And we need wisdom. We need to seek things out. And so we're learning to Ask it, and it's the question that answers just about everything. It has a potential to foolproof some of the things in your life, your, your finances, relationships, calendar, your health, all these different things. And so uh, we, we started out by figuring out what the question was, and you, today you get it right up front. We're in week three, and it's this. It's what's, what is the wise thing to do? What is the wise thing to do? And then we have fleshed this out in three specific ways. We say, in light of my past experiences, you think about what you've done before and how you've gone about this. And if it's something that you encountered before, you think, you know, what happened then? What, if, when I made this decision, what happened? So in light of your past experiences and in light of my current circumstances, what's going on in your life? Should you take this on? Yeah, come babysit or come take this thing on or do this thing for me. Uh, there's an activity for your kids if you have children or an extra job responsibility. You're like, what's going on in my life right now? How full is your calendar? Or what's your health like? Or what's going on around you? What's your emotional state? All these different things. So in light of my current circumstances and in light of my future hopes and dreams. Sometimes there's no better clarifying question than where do you want to be? What is the future that you are longing to see? And that can, looking ahead helps clarify and bring bring things to, you know, what you should do here in the moment. How I lead my children's life. I think about who I want them to become. I look into the future to make decisions about what I do with them now, what I say yes to, and what I say no to, what I make them mad about, and what I make them happy about, like all those different things. What gives me the strength to say no many times is reflected on the character that I long for them to have. Looking to the future gives me clarity of what I want to happen now. One of the big statements that I made last week in last week's message, which is on our podcast and on our website now, is that don't throw away what you want most for what you want now in the moment. Don't throw away what you want most for what you want now. <clears throat> Looking to and answering these three questions, a lot of your past, current circumstances, and future hopes and dreams brings clarity and helps you and I to seek wisdom and learn how to make good choices. And God is helping you and I do this if we learn to trust him and pursue him. Now, knowing what you need to do, I've been giving you the homework to, to ask it. As you live your life, you don't have to do anything, but just ask this question because you run into decisions every week. Should I do this or not do this? Or, you know, and just ask this question, well, what's the wise thing to do? And you don't have to do anything. Just begin to observe your life. And whether you do it or not, actually, and especially if you don't want to do it, brings a lot of clarity. It's like, you know, I'll use this example a lot today, but exercising. <laughs> You're like, like, yeah, what's the wise thing to do? I should exercise, right? Like, that's pretty, like, I should exercise, like, 30 minutes a week, even, or three times a week, 30 minutes a day. Like, that would be very impactful. Now, actually doing that is a different thing. Now, what is it about that? Like, this is why we procrastinate, right? Like, I, I was thinking about college when, you know, in college, we, we have this habit where, 
you know, just so many amazing opportunities are in front of us with friends and other different things, and then you just kind of put studying off. Well, if you know anything about me, uh, I actually have a music degree, and and so for me, procrastinating when it came to that degree was a little harder. So it's not like you had a test. So if I was taking a history class and I was cramming for that test the night before, I could probably survive that okay. But in, in music school, you actually have to perform at the end of every semester, and you have these pieces you have to have done. And I was doing this on piano, and there was one semester where I just got a little too distracted. <laughs> and... I was just kind of procrastinating a little more than I should have been, and I got towards the end where I had to perform in front of, you know, essentially for my final, in front of my professors. And I, I was like a week and a half out, and this is like beyond, this is like two hours before a final was start in any other class. Like a week and a half out, I began to panic, and I was like, oh no. And I began to have to practice nonstop, and I remember the week before, there was one night I practiced six hours straight. And the only reason I stopped because it was midnight and the building closed. And I was cramming. I, was, I had procrastinated. I was cramming. And I, it is stupid. I don't know how I made it through. I somehow got a C. I made it, and I got a C on that, like on that, on that class or whatever, the subject field. And so the problem with that was that was my major. That was like one of the main components. And it, and it set me back, but I made it. You know, have you ever heard the phrase, C's get degrees? Right? Like, I didn't end with the C, but man, I remember being devastated, but I was like, I will never do that again. Like, I don't know, I've been to some dentists and doctors where I was like, that was a C. Like, you know, what's the difference with a doctor who gets a C? What's the difference between a med student who graduates with a C versus an A? It's not. There's both a doctor. That's, that's a bad, I totally messed up that joke. What do you call a med student with a C? A doctor, right? So, um, anyway, I. What is it about procrastination? And then we get done, I'm like, I will never do that again. Why? And made it so hard on myself. And I, and I suffered the consequence of that. And so how do you actually begin to take steps? So we're going to try to cross that line today to help us understand this. And so, um, and so we've been doing this, this asking. And so really, as we, today we're going to begin to talk about one specific area that's so important. And this is a very impactful message for me. I need to hear this as much as you. And I heard these principles years ago. In fact, I heard, talking about time and the way that we are today, I heard this uh, o- over seven years ago now. And I began to make changes then. And so uh, what I want to do is, is lead us, and start us with the scripture. And we're going to learn to ask this question related to time. And I want to start with this passage, this, this phrase, this scripture from Job. And I don't know if you know much about Job. If you're someone, if you haven't read a ton of scripture, you probably have heard of him. Even if you're someone who's never like really pursued God at all or any kind of way, if you don't consider yourself religious, you've probably heard of Job. I heard of a a play that was done with some celebrities last year or the year before, and they just went through the book of Job because it's it's actually a very poetic book. And and if you don't know the story of Job, Job was someone who was was really early on uh, in time and and uh, he was considered to be a righteous man, and God had blessed him, and he was very wealthy. And, and so essentially Satan comes to God and says, hey, he only follows you because he's got it good. And if he loses all these things, he'll curse you. He'll walk away. And so, and God said, no, he won't. And God allowed Job to go through tremendous suffering. He lost his family. He lost his 
his livelihood, his crops, all these different things, and it caused him to struggle with God, but he never abandoned his faith. And in the middle of this struggle, and he had all these arguments with neighbors and conversations because they were trying to care for him, but then and all, it was a fascinating passage, and eventually God steps in and speaks with incredible wisdom. But in Job's you know, lamenting, he says this. This is Job 14.5. He says, A person's days are determined. You have decreed the number of his months and have set limits he cannot exceed. That's a profound statement. A profound statement. You know, he had not abandoned his faith. His faith was actually very intact. He understood and knew who God was. And he was struggling. And this is him saying this. He's like, he's like, please. He, from his perspective at the time, he would say this because, listen, my day, he understood. My days are numbered. But to say this out loud and to understand this really is an incredible statement of faith and belief in, under, within God. And we understand that he is unlimited, but we are. We have limits that you and I can't exceed. And so we can overeat. <laughs> I, I, I'm guilty of that. Um, I love ice cream, and it's hard for me to stop, right? We can overeat. We can overspend. You know, you can even go into debt for whatever you need. If you've got something you can leverage, you can overspend. You can overachieve. Like, that's probably all of us here today. Like, the reason we're here in this city is that you can overachieve, but we cannot overlive. You can't overlive. You can't get back the time that you've wasted, and you can't get any more time that you're going to have on earth, and we don't all really know what that is. So you can make more money. You can make new friends. But you cannot do that with time. We're good at counting our money. <laughs> but you can't count your time. We don't know. And so, therefore, the conclusion of that is, more than knowing what time it is, and we know what's, what time you have left in the day, is really what, knowing what to do with your time. It doesn't matter you know, what time it is if you don't know how to use your time wisely. And this is what I love. When you look into Scripture, it is imploring us how to, to understand how we need time. Everything around us in our culture and our world is, is, is longing for us to build palaces, to get things, to acquire wealth. And in and of itself, it's not bad to have things, and it's not bad to, to have money and all those different things, but everything around us is pushing us to just build, 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 and God is showing us that what we need is time. We're learning to build, build palaces in time. I heard that said when I was reading about rest, uh, a book about rest several years ago, and it's a beautiful phrase, learning to build palaces in times. So what I want to do today is begin with four things all of us know about time. So whether you've thought about this directly like we are today or not, you know this. So all of us know these things. Four things we all know, but we choose to ignore. All right, and I'm putting, as I say all of us, okay, so that includes me. I, I, I love walking through this, these principles, because I need to hear this. All right, so four things we all know about time, but to choose to ignore and, and because of that, one day we wish we hadn't. We will wish we had not. We'll experience regret. Excuse me. Sorry, if that keeps happening, I'll switch mics. 
And so that reminds me, last week we talked about someone who knows what to do, but doesn't do it. Let me switch. Sorry, guys. I like this mic better because my voice sounds really deep with it anyway, so here we go. Um, Last week, I talked about who's a, a person that knows what to do but doesn't do it. Do you guys remember who that, who that person is? It's a fool. <laughs> so I just thought I'd cheer you up before we uh, get started on this. It's stuff that we know to do that we choose to ignore. Okay, so four insights that help us determine how to use our time wisely. Okay, the first one is this, and this is the, really the, the, the foundation of it all, is time over time. Investing small amounts of time over time is cumulative. It's like a snowball. You do something, a little bit of something over time, every day or every week. Uh, If you do this, you can do it in small amounts, but you do that over time. It adds up. It's summative. It's a fun word to say. It accumulates. All right? So, So an obvious... Example will be exercising. That's something that we all kind of understand. So this is a principle we all know. If you just, you just do a little bit of exercising, if you try to overdo it, you'll hurt. But just a little bit over time adds up. If you start to eat right, just doing one simple thing a day, right, over time, you brush your teeth at night, small things, small things over time adds up. It accumulates to good habits. So it can be, you know, you know, spending time with God in prayer or reading Scripture, doing things that brings you into this relationship with Him. Small things over time makes a big difference. And so that's a principle of time. We all get that. The problem with this principle is this. is One is there's no benefit to one installment, so one instance of whatever it is. So you do it one time. It's not like you, you work out for 30 minutes and then you're like, oh, look at me. Look how amazing I look. Like, I don't know, maybe that would be a fool, right? But, you know, you do it one time, you can't see any difference at all. And then conversely, there's also no immediate consequence for stopping, right? So you skip one time, and you'll be like, I'm fine. Well, you're right. You're, you are fine. There's no immediate consequence for, for putting it off. And so it makes it hard sometimes to do time over time. So one week in a dinner group isn't generally life-changing. We love to do dinner groups weekly here, and, and it's a place for us to gather in community. But if you do this over time, it begins to impact your life in great ways. So attending one church service isn't generally life-changing. It could be, but it's cumulative. It's cumulative. Over time, these things build up. They build up. This is why we do something, and it didn't feel great or amazing, and so we just kind of put it off. Or life gets busy, and it's easy to drop something. Or we think, man, I can't start that because it feels bigger than it should be. We really just need to do small things. So time over time. All right, so that's the first one. The second one kind of goes with it. So time over time is cumulative. Small, doing something small amounts of time. But then conversely, neglect is also cumulative. Neglect is cumulative. And so when you begin to ignore things, you ignore whatever it is, this builds up in your life and leads to great consequences. So procrastination, right, is one of those things that comes in. You think that procrastination would have been weeded out in the gene pool by now? We'd have figured out a way to do that because it just sabotages us so much, but we just keep 
doing it. Some of us are more prone to procrastination. Some of you who are not procrastinators are like, you're just such a terrible person. How did you do that? I can't believe it. Anyway, so, but uh, some of you know what I'm talking about. Like, we just, the urgency of the moment really pushes us to do great things. That's what procrastinator says. Like, my work is better, right? So, but neglect is cumulative. And so if you, if you neglect your finances, you're not thinking about it. You begin to do stupid things, and you're like, whoa, and you run into a problem. We've talked about exercise. You don't do that for a long time. It will catch up to you. Coming out of COVID, we're like, whoa, uh, summer came along, and these shorts didn't fit like they used to. <laughs> like, I don't know if you experienced things like this. It's like, wow, that's really interesting. Here's the thing about neglect. Neglect is easy. It's easy. You don't need any lessons to learn how to forget something. There's no effort necessary for neglect. But amazing is neglect is costly. Neglect is so natural and easy to do, but it is one of the costliest things that we eventually experience in our life. The price that you and I pay to make small deposits of time in the important things of our life, whether it's relationships that we're in or your own self, learning to invest in who you are in reading or being in community with others, pursuing your relationship with God and, and engaging with that in small deposits over time. The cost that it you know, requires of that of saying no to something pales in comparison to the price that you and I pay for neglect. Marriage, and you think it's expensive and it takes time and all these different things, just wait till you have to pay for counseling or whatever, you know, think like the cost of rehab, all these different things, it's expensive. And so neglect is cumulative. And here's one that we probably don't really think about that much, and it kind of goes hand in hand with neglect, but random Random is cumulative. And so, I, sorry, I, I was, that's wrong. Random has no cumulative value. <laughs> random is just random, and it does not add up at all. Excuse me. So there's no cumulative value in the random things you opt to over the important things. So this is, one example is how you spend your money. I don't know if you've gotten to a place where you're like, whoa, my bank account is super low, or like, how in the world did that happen? And you're like, and your answer is, I have no clue. And you try to look through your bank account, and you're like, what did I just do? And what you have in front of you is the most random list of stuff. Like eating out here, this coffee here, or this random purchase of some item that you probably don't wear anymore. And uh, Maybe you're, you've got bags in your closet or clothes hanging up. You know, we go in front of our closet and say, I have nothing to wear, and it's full, right? And so all these random things that we do when it comes to spending money, or you're exercising, you know, what did you do instead of exercising? You'd be like, I'm not sure. And so the truth is you can't add up random events because you can't even remember them. And like I said, this is for me, too. So you're like, what did you do instead of exercising? Oh, I slept in couple breakfasts with friends. I worked, you know, some extra hours. And what does that equal? I don't know, right? But, like, if you were to, and I were to exercise 15 hours a week, you'd have something to show for it. Like, you would feel good. You might even look good. You might look buff or fit. Like, I just went on a trip, and I'll I just be honest with you, the exercising is something that is, I've been needed in my life. 
but it felt like a big uphill battle just to start because I had neglected. All right, and that's how we feel. And so I, I went on a trip with my family, and part of our trip that we did this summer was we went hiking for several days. And so I actually had, we were backpacking, and I had a heavy pack, and I essentially, I didn't really realize it, but I put myself through a boot camp. <laughs> And it was, uh, it was like a week or more of this pretty intense hiking, and, and I lost weight. And I want to say that I'm actually kind of excited over those several days of doing exercise that begin to get me back in shape. And so I've been motivated. I've been, I've been riding my bike to work and back and all these different things. I want to keep this up. I want to begin to do the small things to help keep this there. So, but random just leads to nothing. You and I... We beg and we borrow and steal, and we, we try to just procrastinate and do all these do these different things. And just like college, where we could cram for an exam, we could cram for an exam, this is what we try to do in our life. Like you would try to get samples of old exams, right, and, and old test papers, and you tried your best, and if you did this, you may have made a C. But we can't do this in life. We can't do this with our life. And that leads us to the fourth principle of time. Is that in areas that matter the most, you cannot make up for misspent time. In the areas that matter the most, you cannot make up. So you can't pull all-nighters with time. You can't over live. You can't cram in your relationships. You can't cram in your health or your, your money and your savings or your spiritual maturity or just, you know, all those different things. So if you're, if you're in a family and you've, you've set a goal and it's important that you spend a meal with your family, you know, every week or several meals a week, you know, you can't make up for missing all of those for just sitting at the dinner table together for eight hours straight. Like, that would be crazy, right? You can't make up for neglecting your spouse if you're married, neglecting your spouse or your relationship together for months with a weekend trip to the mountains or worse with flowers. It's just not going to work, right? You can't make up for that. Exercise, you can't make up for not exercising at all for the year with one massive mega workout. And I, you've tried this, right? You've done a big mega workout, and then the next day, your body is like, what are you doing? You are an idiot. <clears throat> it's, it hurts. And you're like, I can never do that again. You can't make up for weeks of ignoring your spiritual life or being with God by just, I don't know, listening to a whole month's worth of messages from me, and one day that would be, I, I, I don't think I could do that. Like, like, you just can't make up for that. All right, so this is not new. You know these things, right? These are four things we know about time. Like, you've got time over time. You do things, and it builds up over time. Neglect adds up. Random is just random, and it doesn't add up to anything. You just kind of lose it. And you cannot get back to the most important things when you misspend your time. So this is not new. It's not necessarily brilliant that I'm bringing this to you. But we need to be reminded of it. So if you were God, if you were God and you loved you, what advice would you give you regarding your 
time. If God loved you, what would he say? What would you say? Well, I want to point you to this incredible passage that we find in Scripture. And I just want this to sink in deeply. And it's, it's similar to what we read and we heard from Job when I started us out with. And I shared the Scripture earlier this year in a series we did back in January or February. But this is found in Ephesians, Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. And let's just listen to this. It says this. It says, therefore, be careful how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. And it says this, making the most of your time. Making the most of your time. This is originally written in Greek. And the words that were used here were words that, that would have given a monetary visual. And so some English translations will say, redeeming the time. I love that. Like it is like a commodity for you and I. We redeem the time. How you got to live. Be careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Well, how do we live wisely? Well, we redeem the time. We make the most of the time that we have. Why is this so important? It says it in the very next phrase. It says, because the days are evil. Because the days are evil. All right. So, I mean, that seems like very dramatic. You're like, Wow. <laughs> It's true. What, what does that mean? Because the days are evil. It means the cultural flow of everything around us is pushing us towards the random in our life. The cultural, culture around us is just always going to push you to the urgency that will lead you to neglect, the things that will lead you to your destruction. God is saying the world will lead us towards these things that are not life-giving if we are not careful. So be careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of the time. We redeem the time. Why? Because the days are evil. And then it says this. So then do not be foolish. Do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And that basically means face up to those four realities that we have. And then it's helping us, you know, kind of tying in Job, is that to, the way of wisdom is to seek God. How there is no way for you and I to truly do this. Now, you can live out the, if you don't, if you're not a follower of God, these are things, if you, if you work towards these principles, you will grow. You'll experience this. As Christ followers, this is, this is critical. But ultimately, ultimately, God is the one who gives us true wisdom and helps us with our time. As Christ followers, there are things that he asks us to do that we will probably have to say no to something. But we do it because we understand he is ultimately the path towards wisdom and life. So don't be foolish, but understand what God wants you and I to do. We need time to engage him. So, let me ask you a couple questions to end our time here. In light of all of this, where do you need to begin making consistent deposits of time? What, is, what are the most important things in your life? We do time over time. 
I'm, I'm more of an emotional person. I want to feel it. And so this principle doesn't always gel with me, and so I, I walk away from it. And that's why I like, I, I, when I speak, it's as much for me as anybody else. It's not as easy for me to do time over time. My wife, I talk about this, is the opposite. She loves this, man. She'll just get right on it. So it's just easier for some of us than others. But it's something that we need to be intentional about. Where do you need to be making consistent deposits of time? In light of your past experience, where do you need to begin making deposits of time? In light of what you did last semester or your last relationship, or where your marriage is, or what's what happened with, whatever it may be, or health scare, or in light of your family history. And then in light of your current stage in life, where do you need to begin making consistent deposits of time? So I ran across this in this, this kind of purposeful way. I mentioned this earlier, over seven years ago. And <clears throat> when I heard this, my kids at the time were three years old, five years old, and six years old. So, yes, I have three children, and, yes, they're all really close in age together, and it's amazing and fun and adventurous and crazy, all those different things. And so they were super young at the time, and, and this is when I heard this, this time over time thing talked about in this specific way, I was like, this is what I need to do with my kids. And I made a commitment right then and there, and I rarely did this. When, when if, you, if you make commitments to young children, like, like they remember, like they've got an internal calendar, and they do not forget, even at three years old. And so I decided that I'm going to do, time over time, each kid, once a week, I'm going to spend one-on-one -on -one time with them, 30 minutes. And we called it daddy time, and we're going to do 30 minutes with it, and, and every single one of them individually. And so sometimes it would be more than 30 minutes, but I made that commitment. And, and, I, and I rarely do these types of commitments with my children because they, man, they come to me and they're like, Daddy. And like they know today's Daddy time. And so there's a couple times that it went throughout. There's some major life event or something come up and I couldn't do it. We had to move it a day. And it was like the most devastating thing for them. Like they locked it in. It was really important for them. And I want to say, me not being a generally consistent type of personality and person, I stuck with this. And I did it for five or six years straight, almost every single week. Now, obviously, there were some hiccups that would happen every now and then, <clears throat> but it became an expectation. And we couldn't come before you today and tell you what happened in 90% of those times. I know we went to, to uh, Short Grain a bunch and got Rice Krispie treats there. And, like, like, I know we did that a lot, and, but we would do something. We played toys together, whatever it was, from three years old for one of them, for six years at least straight. <clears throat> And it was hard. Like, I would have to leave work early. They went to bed early at that age. And I would be, and it was the very beginning of our church when DCC started. And so I was incredibly busy. There's a lot of things demanding in my time. Or I would just be tired, just straight up lazy. Like, I would, there would be some weeks where I just didn't want to do it. And that sounds like the worst statement, by the way, ever. But we're all fallen people, and we're broken, and like you just, I just wanted to come home and lay in the couch and just veg out and watch something. There's just something, in, in, and you just, there was something in us that'd be like, I just don't want to do this. But that's what kids are helpful. <laughs> They're looking at you. We're gonna do this, right? I'm like, yes. And I just stay committed, and we did it. And I don't regret whatever it was, whether it was just being lazy to watch a TV show, or whatever it would have been, 
of staying at work. I don't regret giving up whatever I had to to spend that time. By not doing it was time I would never have gotten back. And I'm so thankful for that. So what do you need to do? What is the most important thing in your life? In light of your past experience, your current stage of life, if you're single, what can you do now to set yourself up so you're, for your future successes? If you want to be in a relationship, who are you becoming? A lot of times we're just waiting for this magical person to show up to make everything good, and we, we forget to actually focus on ourselves. Who you're becoming is going to be the person that you are with one day. Did you know that? Who are you becoming? Financially, relationship-wise, in your spiritual health. If you're married or in a relationship, what do you need to do? What do you need to stop doing for a season? What do you need to begin to making? And then the second question is this, the last one, is what do you need to say no to <laughs> for now? In light of your future hopes and dreams, what do you and I stop? So we need to learn to ask it when it comes to our time. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of your time. Let's pray together. Father, we love you so much. <clears throat> we thank you for these incredible scriptures and wisdom that you've given us through many who have, who have followed these principles throughout the year. I pray today <clears throat> that we would experience the joy of these principles. God, it's not easy to do this. And it's not just exercise. It's our hearts. It's our relationships. It's people we're with. It's the things that we just are prone to do that we don't want to engage in life or we're scared to. But we know that we can trust you in all things, that you are leading us to life. And I pray today that we would learn to follow you, that you would be the priority for us. And as you ask us to do this, you live this out yourself. And I pray that we would follow that example today. Father, we love you. We thank you. That's all this in Jesus' name. Amen.